You know what I hate? Boxes. That's something I have run from my entire life, because y'all, none of us are meant to live within a box. I am a woman of many facets, loving things from business to relationships to health and wholeness and faith, and that's what you're going to get here. Uh, I'd like to thank you for joining me on the Rebecca Danny Show. I like to say I am a black and bougie believer giving you some real honest talk on life. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another episode. Um, last week was I finished out part two of the series Manifestation in Jesus and I had my friend Alyssa Loving um, on with me. And if you haven't had a chance to go and listen to those two, uh, the first one came out the first week of January and then part two was last week. It is really, really good. I'm going to encourage you again and again to go back and listen to it. So, um, I thought that I would continue on this like similar train vibe. I don't know. (laughs) And I really want to talk about, which I actually was pretty shocked when I looked back at the episodes that I've been doing since August and realized I haven't actually uh, talked about this yet because I love talking about this, you guys. And what is it? I'm going to talk to you guys about vision casting and goal setting. So this is something that I love to do every single year and I don't just do it at one specific time of the year to be honest. I probably come back to these things monthly on a regular basis. I keep my vision and my goals in front of me very often and it's not because I am, I don't know, I mean maybe it is because I'm a three. I mean let's be honest. But (laughs) the truth is, is that the more that I see my vision in front of me, the more that I see like, what am I going after? What is it that I'm building with the Lord? Um, The more that I actually am staying focused and I'm staying on track. And I, and on top of that, it actually helps keep me even encouraged along the journey, keep me motivated, keep me inspired because anybody knows if they're building anything or if you're living and breathing. Um, (laughs) You can easily lose track of why am I doing what I'm doing? And right now I kind of feel like I'm just going with the motions and I just kind of feel disconnected from what I'm doing or why I'm getting up in the morning or why am I going to this job or why am I building this business? And so it can feel like at different times we get disconnected from that. And so I've had many, many times that that has happened. And so I come back to re-looking at my vision, my goals, um, even things like prophetic words, things like, you know, things that I've written down in my journal when I'm just kind of uh, talking with the Lord and being like, oh, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm hearing him say, all that kinds of stuff. So I go back to those things as often as possible because they keep me focused. They keep me uh steadfast to be honest they keep me single-minded all that kinds of stuff so um I wanted to talk about this and I what I'm going to do today is break down uh it's about six steps so I'm going to break down like these six steps of identifying your vision um and then writing it all out how to write it out and then identifying goals and breaking that down to what does that look like on a day-to-day basis when it comes to going after those things so 
Um, the first thing that I want to start with, oh, before I do that, you guys, I did an episode sometime last year, um, and it was called identifying your vision, purpose, and mission. And so I'm not going to go over those things. If you actually are really, really, really needing help identifying your vision, purpose, and mission, um, and wanting to dive more into that, uh, foundational part of this, then go listen to that episode. I, um, We'll figure out what episode number it is and link it into the show notes. So anyways, um, but the first step is first, what do you want? What are you hoping for? What has the Lord spoken to you? So that's a very, you know, it can be a very general statement. People asking you, you know, what do you want? And I think for me, when I started doing this, so I have like a very long document um, of this vision exercise that I did. And I'm actually, I have the book here with me and I did this exercise. I specifically got a lot of these questions from a book called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. That book is absolutely amazing. I have it here with me and I'm actually going to read some of those questions that helps me do this exercise and write out the vision of what I see. So I did mine on a 10 year uh, time gap of like, okay, where do I see myself in 10 years? Like, what do I want in the next 10 years of my life? Like, what would I really uh, want to be living? What do I hope to accomplish? What would I hope to have achieved at that point? Um, And then also on top of that, what also has the Lord shown me that, you know, he's seeing for my life that is going to happen. So these are just some basic questions and I'm going to read to you just this little part in this book, which is so good. You guys, if you want a book that's going to inspire you to do things, go get this book. Um, okay. So in this vision exercise, um, I'm going to tell you how I did it. He explains it a little bit differently, but I'm going to tell you how I did it. So anytime I'm sitting down to dream or to write out vision or to brainstorm or things like that, um, I take time. I mean, I really, maybe it's my wing four, but I help my clients even in doing this, but I take time really setting the atmosphere of like, okay, what, you know, I'll get out, you know, what's my favorite journal or if I'm going to do it on my iPad or my computer, um, I make sure I have a blank, uh, document in front of me. You know, I might turn a candle on, I might turn some music on. And even before I start, I'm making sure that I'm reminding myself hey, right now we are simply going to dream. All we're going to do is write out everything that we hope for, everything we're seeing. We are going to remove any sense of limitation, any sense of restriction, any sense of lack off the table. They get to leave the room. They are not able to participate in this exercise. And so the reason we do this, because sometimes we don't even realize how often limitations and restriction and lack can come in to block an idea or blocks uh, of a picture that pops up of like, no, that can't happen. Or, you know, that's not available to you. Or you can't make that much money because look at your bank account now, whatever it is. Um, So we want to set the atmosphere of what we want to accomplish and what we would like to be participating. So in that space, I welcome Holy Spirit to come and participate, to guide me, to give me ideas, to give me pictures, all that kinds of stuff. I welcome hope and life and joy and abundance and all of these things into all of these uh, spiritual traits into the room to actually participate in this exercise. So 
I do that. I focus in on, okay, right now I am just solely going to have fun with this. I'm going to step into a place of play, into a place of curiosity, into a place of discovery. And I'm just going to write out all the things that pop up in my heart, all the things that pop up in my mind. Um, And that is kind of how I set the tone for this space. So then as I have, you know, set the atmosphere, set the tone, then I start to ask myself questions. So when I did this originally for my 10 year, it was right before I turned 30 and it was like, okay, over the next 10 years of my life. So when I hit 40, like what would I hope to accomplish by then? Like, what do I really see myself uh, doing? What do I see my life looking like? Like, what are my relations like, relationships like? You know, I start asking myself all these questions. And then when I found this book, The Success Principles, he does an exercise basically exactly like what I was doing. And he just asked some really, really, really good questions. So some of the things he asked in there, he focuses on different little uh sections of your life. So he says, first focus on your financial area of your life. What is your annual income? What do you see your cash flow like? Uh, do you have savings? Do you have investments? What would you say your total worth, your total net worth is like? Uh, what does your home look like? What is your ideal job or career? Where are you working? What are you doing? Who are you working with? Do you have a team? Are you working for a corporate office? Uh, what are you being compensated And then you can focus on your free time, your recreation time. What are you doing with your family and friends in your free time that you've created for yourself? What kind of hobbies are you pursuing? What kind of vacations are you taking? What do you do for fun? Then you can start to look at what does my body look like? What is my ideal weight? What do I do for physical health? What do I do to exercise? What kind of food am I eating? Am I drinking lots of water? Then you can move into your relationships. What do my relationships with family and friends look like? Are, am I married? Do I have kids? You know, what does that look like? Then in my personal arena, am I in school? Am I getting further training? Am I training other people? What is my, uh, relationship with the Lord look like? Am I consistently going to church? Am I involved in church? Am I volunteering? Am I somewhere on the leadership board? Um, Do I take any hobby type classes like art classes? Am I running consistently? And then even look at your community. What kind of community am I living in? Uh, what What are the people like? What kind of activities do we do as a community? How involved am I? So the reason why I loved these questions that he asked is because it really got extremely specific and I notice you know I think because I am an Enneagram 3 I have an easier time at visualizing certain things at setting certain goals at seeing things and um one of my top strengths uh, I don't know if you guys know what strengths finder is but one of my top strengths was futuristic so this these kinds of things do come easy to me But I notice as I've walked a lot of people, even coaching through visualizing, you know, what do I want? Um, What do I see happening? A lot of times they feel stuck in those areas. So asking these simple questions and really this is why I say setting your atmosphere is so important because sometimes we don't even know why we're getting stuck, but it's because limitation, lack and restriction, scarcity, all those things are so participating in how we see life and what we see is possible for us that we don't have any vision of what could potentially happen in the next five to 10 years. So when we remove those things and we actually are like, we, we remove them even from the room, 
that they will not participate. I set them aside. Um, I will not grab a hold of them. And we actually welcome abundance and love and hope and possibility into the room. It shifts the atmosphere and we can actually start to see things opening up. So in this space, even the littlest things that pop in your mind, write them down. Um, even if, if it's a, just a phrase, you know, things like that, write it down because all of this will start to open up more and more and more as you practice this more. So I want you to do that. That is step one is identifying what you want. So looking at whether it be, you know, you're looking five years down the road, whether you're looking 10 years down the road, but going through and doing this exercise of writing out and creating a vision. So that is number one. And then as you write that out, um, again, some of the things I want you to make sure are not participating in this exercise. Do not look at what you don't have, what is not, uh, in your hands or the tools you ha don't have to accomplish those things. We want to remove that as well from the table. I want you to simply write out what you do have and what you do see. Okay. So then the next part is identifying what you feel life on now or what you feel, uh, you want to move on first. So if you ask yourself this question, if you had to pick one thing that you could see happen first, maybe in the next year, what would it be? What do you feel the most life on? Or what do you feel the most excited about? So for me, when I did this exercise, I broke it down into, okay, this is the things that I see happening in my life over the next 10 years. This is, this is how I see my life when I hit the age of 40, you know? And then I'm asking myself, okay, what things would really need to happen or to really be in place for me to have a life like this, you know, what, let's just, I'm going to give you an example of, let's just say one of the things you see yourself in five to 10 years is, you know, I want to be an author, a best-selling author. And so maybe I see myself writing books that help people worldwide. Maybe that's something that not only I have this desire for, but I felt, you know, the Lord speak on, and I felt confirmation that there's something on my life about writing books. So let's say that's 10 years down the road. So then we have to look at, okay, if that's one of the things where it's like, I am a best-selling author, I'm writing books and I'm changing people's lives and people's lives are just being rad radically transformed by the things that I write, the things that I've experienced, the things that I've walked through, all that kinds of stuff. So then you have to look at, okay, well, what would be something that would need to happen in order for that to be my life? Well, I would need to publish a book. That would be one of the things that would be one of the main goals that would need to happen in order for that to be the life that I'm living. So then what we're going to do, and I'm going to keep using this same example, we would have to break that down. So let's say, you know, I'm only focusing on one aspect that is one personal within your career part of your entire vision exercise that you do that we're going to focus on for right now. So you see yourself being a best-selling author. You see books, you know, being sold worldwide, all of that stuff. So then one of the goals is I would need to start writing books. I would need to publish a book. And then you have to look at, okay, if that's the thing that you're like, okay, that, that's what I feel the most excited on. If that's one thing I would love to accomplish in the next 12 to 24 months, then that is the thing I am going to actually focus on. And that is moving into our next thing, which is focus, being single-minded and steadfast. So the reason why this is so important is because many, many, many times, and I tell you this because I am a multi-passionate entrepreneur, 
And I work with a lot of multi-passionate entrepreneurs, uh, women and men who have so many dreams, so many ideas, so many things on their heart that they want to see happen, which is a beautiful thing. But where we get stuck is when we try to go after every single one of them at the same time. When we try to accomplish all of the areas of our lives, whether it be, well, here's my personal fulfillment, here's my uh, lifetime fulfillment, here's my financial fulfillment. Uh, And I use those words from the episode, identifying your vision, purpose, and mission. So I break down what those mean. Um, But if we're actually trying to fulfill every single area and all the things of like, well, I want to be a best-selling author, but then I also want to be an actress and a model. And then I also want to, you know, lead worship at my church. You know, you have all these different things that you're like, I want to see these things happen, which are all beautiful, but we have to start somewhere. We have to start with one. And so the more and more and more you choose to narrow down and focus, it's almost like that, that scripture of with if when you are faithful with little, the Lord will give you much. He will bring more. He will multiply the thing. You know, the, the talents that he gave, it was just small portions and then it multiplied. So when you focus on one thing and you actually are steadfast and you steward that, more and more begins to be added unto your life. So that is my encouragement for you. If you are a multi-passionate entrepreneur, I love you because I am in that same boat and I have had to learn how to dial out dial in I mean and and just shed all the extra things like I actually get to focus on this and knowing that me focusing on this one thing does not mean I don't get to have these other things it does not mean that I'm giving up on these other things it simply means that I'm choosing to be single-minded and steadfast in this and to trust and be faithful with this one thing in my hand so Going with the same uh, example of being an author. So you're like, okay, the one thing I feel excitement on this year is writing, is get just getting one book out. Um, I maybe even have a book idea and I've been thinking about it for a while, but I haven't really started on it. So when you actually look at that and it's like, okay, if this is one thing that I can do, one thing that I can be faithful in, so then we want to break further break this thing down. So now that you've focused in, now that you've looked at, okay, what's one thing that I would want to happen in the next 12 to 24 months, we start to create a plan. So if you know that not only is it in your heart's desire to be an author, you also feel this confirmation and, and this backing from the Lord on you writing books, you actually having words that transform people's lives. Then you have to decide what is it going to look like for me to partner with that, for me to partner with that word, for me to partner with that dream, for me to partner with that vision and that hope that I have in my heart. So there is a part that we have to play in that. And it is the part of taking action, of moving, of saying yes to the thing and saying, okay, what does it look like for me to show up and say yes to this, for me to be faithful with this thing? So you now have identified this thing. You Uh, have narrowed down and now it looks like okay how do we create a plan so if you're like okay let's say I create a plan to show up and start writing what does it look like to create some kind of action plan around getting my book published so let's look at if you set the date 
I want this book to be published in 12 months. So let's just say going into 2021, you would like for a book to be published by December 31st, 2021. So that gives you 12 months. Now, what does that look like every single day? Sometimes we set these massive goals and we don't break it down. And then we just have this goal of publishing a book this year. And we have no idea what to do every single day when we show up to our laptop or when we show up to the pen and the paper. And now it's like, well, what, what, what should I do? How do I even know that I'm getting closer to this goal? How do I even know that I am being steadfast and I am being faithful with this? So to break this down, we start to look at, okay, if that's what I want in 12 months, then I'm going to focus on that and I'm going to write it out where I want to be in 12 months is that I am a published author. I have written my book, I've gotten it published, whether that being yourself published or you went through a publishing company and it is out, it is printed and I have the book in my hands. You have to see it. You have to see it in your mind. And that is very, very, very important, you guys. So once you see it in your mind, once you have it, okay, by December 31st, 2021, I am a published author. I have my book in my hand, all that kinds of stuff. So then now what we're going to look at is, well, then where are you going to be in six months? Where are you going to be in three months? So we have to start to break down the goals that we're going to hit so that we can actually see that long-term goal happen. And ultimately, all of this is moving towards that greater vision, that that 10-year, whether whether you wrote down a 10-year, a 5-year, a 15-year, 20-year, All of this is moving us closer to that greater vision, the purpose, the things that we see on our lives, the lives that we actually feel God has called us to live. Every little step is actually taking us closer and closer to that. It's part of that process. So we're looking at just this one little aspect. This is the journey and the process of going from that eagle eye view down to being on the ground. And you're seeing the ants. You're seeing as little, little, little details as possible. So going back to the same example of wanting to be an author. And you guys, you can use this for any specific thing that you have written down. When you break it down and you look at these are the things that would really need to align in order for this this vision to be made manifest in my life. This can be used for any single goal. But I'm using this example. So... If you are a published author by December 31st, you have to start to look at, okay, if I would like to go to the route of going through a publishing company, how long would they need before it can actually fully be published, printed, all of that? So then you're going to have to start doing some research, start looking into, okay, this is the company I would like to use. They say that they need about 90 days in order to do everything, to go through the editing and the, and the publishing process, the printing, everything like that. So then you have to start to calculate that in. Okay, if they need 90 days and I would like to be published December 31st, that means I have to get them that book by the end of September. That means all of my part, all of my writing must be done by the end of September. So then that gives you another goal. Okay, by September 31st, I've sent my drafted book over to the publishing company, over to the editor or whoever's going to be doing that next part of that process. Okay, so then you can actually back up more and more and more. This is exactly how we go through the process of setting goals. So then, you know, September 31st, your entire drafted edit needs to be done. Then you can go back to say, okay, if that needs to be done by September 31st, then I would like my first draft to be done by 
let's say July 31st. I want to give myself three months in order to, uh, sorry, not three months, two months to do a second draft, to go through, reread everything and to do a second draft, to edit some things myself before I send it off to the editor and then to the publishing company. And so you're like, okay, I want my first draft done by July 31st. So you can see already how this starts to give you some idea of what it looks like to show up every single day. So let's say, and again, even within this example, books can be anywhere from 5,000 words to 500,000 words. There really is no specific rules when it comes to writing books. We see all kinds of books that are being sold. So remember that with any goal you're setting, that sometimes we hold this uh, idea of what it's supposed to look like before it's ready. And I just want you to throw that out the window, okay? Um, At the end of the day, you are creating this, you are co-creating with the Lord, And nobody has ever come on this earth that looks like you. So be reminded that there is no roadmap here. You get to create what this is going to look like with the Lord. So as you're doing this process, you're like, okay, I want, you know, by July 31st, I would like for my first draft to be done. So then you look at that and you're like, that gives me seven months to write and get to the point of having a first drive, first draft. So within those first seven months of the year, you're like, okay, well, how much am I really going to write on a weekly, on a monthly basis? So let's just say you're like, I would actually like for my book to be 100,000 words. So then you start to break that down. Look at it. 100,000 words broken down and divided by seven actually is about 15,000 words a month. So then you break that down on another weekly basis. The reason why, and I'm using this, so if if you are actually wanting to write a book, this is really, really helpful because the reason why having a word count is a greater goal than having a, well, I want to get chapter one done or I want to get chapter two done is because chapter one can be anything from, again, 500 words to 100,000 words. It can be any length. So you have to get more specific, something that is far more measurable. So when you start to break it down by word count, it is a lot easier to say, I've met my weekly word count or I met my daily word count. So let's just say, you know, you have that seven months, you're like, okay, I need about 15,000 words in seven months. I'm going to break that down in four weeks and then break that down into seven days. So every single day, I want to write at least 500 words a day. Okay. So This is why this is so important because the thing that I see the most when I'm coaching people is that they get stuck on what to do next. How do I actually even like, what is the next step? How do I break this down to where I know every single day I'm moving one step closer? So you see how I just did that when it comes to the whole, I want to be an author. I want to be a best-selling author. And here's the thing, your first book might not be that best-selling book. So maybe in that 10-year goal, when you're like, I'm a best-selling author, maybe within those 10 years, you're writing five different books, but this is just the first one, that first little step into seeing that goal manifest it, seeing that vision manifest it in your life. Okay. So that's how I break down goals 
Um, you can do this with any, any goal that you have. The reason why this process is so important, the reason why I go from helping clients first identify this large vision, helping them actually see like, what is it that you even want? What is it that you hope for? What is it that you see? Because everything first starts with a vision or a dream. And the only way to get there is with a plan. I mean, at the end of the day, even as believers, the Lord is not going to magically manifest every single thing that he's spoken to you in your life without you partnering with him, without you co-creating with, that, with him, without you moving. These things, visions and dreams and goals require movement on our part. They require action on our part because that is the process of faith. And I say this all the time, you won't get it all right. There's going to be mistakes that happen in this process. There's going to be a day, days where you're like, I don't want to write. I don't want to actually show up and do the thing. That's okay. Like that is the beautiful process of journeying and co-creating with the Lord is because there's so much grace in this, but you also have to know, okay, what does it look like for me to show up, to have faith and believe and let my actions align with that belief? that I believe that this is available for me, that this is possible for me. And so if I did believe that, how would I be moving today? How, what would I be doing today? If I knew, I remember uh, last week on the podcast, we were telling different stories of manifestation. And this is one that is uh, really fun for me because it was, it was a really crazy experience. I remember uh, there was about a two-year period when I moved up to Reading, about a year and a half, where I didn't have a car. And I hate it not having a car. I remember it was such a struggle because one, I had my business, so I was doing client meetings and I just was hustling as far as like having to get around, asking people for rides, having to take Ubers, all this different kind of stuff for a year and a half. And I remember I had gotten to this point. It was about, I think December of 2018. I might have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's when it was. Um, I was so fed up and I was talking to a friend and I was just like, I'm so annoyed. I want a car and I keep feeling like I'm hearing the Lord telling me that he has a car for me and, but I'm not making enough money. All of these different things, like the car that I, you know, the cars that I am looking at, I just financially can't make that choice right now. And so it just felt like I was constantly living in this, uh, tension of, I feel like the Lord's saying that this is possible, but what I see in front of me, what I see in my bank account is saying it's not possible. And I remember my friend was like, okay, let's just like remove that off the table. You know, what you see in your bank account, all that kinds of stuff. And let's look at if you knew that, let's just say you had, you know, your dad was like this wealthy dad. Think of, you know, this wealthy dad and he's like, hey, I'm going to send you a car. And it has to be shipped over from overseas and it's going to be here in 30 days. If you knew that your dad was going to ship you a car and it would be to you in 30 days, what would you do now? And what would, and she asked me, what would you do to prepare for this? And I was like, oh, and so it just caused for me to start thinking in a different perspective. And I remember I was like, well, my license had just ran out because I had just had a birthday. And I was like, well, I would actually make the appointment to go renew my license. Then I would probably start looking up insurance companies and start just kind of getting an idea as to, you know, what that's going to cost, all that kinds of stuff. And then I would probably, because I love driving and I love road trips, I would probably start to think about 
a trip that I'd want to do just for fun, just because I miss adventuring in my car and driving random places and just, yeah, all of that good stuff. And so she was like, okay, if that's what you would do, go do that. And it was the best advice I could have ever gotten. And you guys, I will tell you, I did not do this perfectly. So I'm going to tell you very raw. I made my appointment to get my license renewed. But then when the appointment came, I missed the appointment. And I remember just because life was busy, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. And I'll make the appointment. It's fine. But I just kept putting it off. I kept putting it off, but I had made the appointment. And then I started looking up insurance companies. I think I, you know, did a couple Google searches, asked around a little bit, but I didn't do any kind of pursuit on it. I just was like, okay, I just kind of got a widespread of like what these things cost. Then I also just started to look up ideas of, okay, where would I travel? I didn't really even do any specific planning. It was just ideating. I was just thinking of where would I go? And I remember the time went by so fast that I didn't even realize it until I actually got the car. But I remember something popped up to where there was a situation where a girl in my town was going overseas and she was like, I have a brand new car and I don't know what to do with my car. So I would like to sublease it to someone. And it was in the exact price range that I can do on a monthly basis. And I had assumed because where I had saw this uh, post, it was like, posted probably like two months ago and I was like there's no way this car is still available like it's a brand new car it's even in the color that I want like it it just had so many different things and I was like wow I I really want that and I just was like let me reach out to her I reached out to her and I was like hey I just wanted to know you know is your car still available I saw your post and I wanted to see if it was still available she was like it is still available and I'm literally leaving next week and so I would need to get this car out of my hands this week and I was like are you serious? We ended up meeting in person. We ended up connecting, having coffee. I mean, it was a, it was such a a good meetup and like, she's an amazing person and everything worked out. We signed everything over and I paid my first month's payment and she got to go overseas and I got to get a car that was pretty much brand new. This is what's crazy about that, you guys, is that when I looked back, it was probably maybe a week or two later, I looked back in my journal because I journaled about that conversation I had with my friend. And I remember looking back and when I looked back, I was like, wow, she, I I got that car probably within maybe five days around that 30 day marker from when I had that conversation with my friend. And I was like, that is so crazy to me. And I was absolutely like, I was like, oh my gosh, thank you, Jesus, you know, and I'm just, I'm freaking out. But this is what was crazy about it was because I was like, wow, I didn't even do all the things perfectly. Like I didn't even like, I know that it was even just a step of faith to make the appointment or to start looking at insurance companies or start thinking about, uh, what kind of trips I want to go on. Because when I tell you I was in such a place of doubt at that point, after going a year and a half of not having a car, I was in such a place of doubt and such a place of disbelief that I would, that it was going to work out for me that The simple act of being like, okay, let me just do these little things was a massive move of faith for me where I was at mentally. And so it was just crazy to me to see that, wow, even those little things of partnering with the Lord of like, okay, I trust that you are a good father and that you've told me that you have something good for me. I trust you. And so I moved a little bit. It wasn't even perfect. I didn't even make my appointment, you guys. 
And yet within five days of that 30 day marker, I had a brand new car right in my possession. This is why I say there are no mistakes on this journey that you actually get to, like you're going to, you're going to make mistakes. But the reason why I say there are no mistakes is because the Lord sees the faithfulness. He, he says it as small as a mustard seed. That means like barely any, any movement, barely any faith. He doesn't need a lot. He just needs you to actually know and hope and believe that he is faithful and that he desires those things for you. So it just was the reason why I'm telling this story. It's just, it is a personal example of what it looks like to partner with the Lord, what it looks like to co-create with him and just to choose to act in faith with the things that you see, with the things that you hope for, with the things that you desire. So to wrap this up, I want to go through just a couple things that are needed along this journey of setting your vision, setting goals, and coming up with an action plan and actually showing up every single day. So a couple of different things needed along this journey is deciding and choosing. So this is actually sitting down and being like, one, what do I want? But then going all the way down to the process of, okay, what's one thing that I want to focus on? One thing that I feel excitement on? One thing that I feel life on that I'm going to choose to focus on over this next 12 months or this next 24 months, whatever that looks like. There's such power in focusing because what you focus on expands. When you focus on what you want rather than what you don't want, you begin to see life aligning with the things you want. The more you focus your attention on those things and what you do, your perception begins to change. What you see even begins to change. And when what you see begins to change, you start to even see more evidence proving of the possibility of this thing. You'll see opportunities start to open up, doors begin to open, new people start to come into your life that are going to help you along this journey. It's crazy when you actually choose to go all in in something, what begins to come to assist you in seeing that thing happen. So that is needed along this journey, choosing. Second one is giving yourself permission to want and to dream. So again, many, many times the reason why people get stuck in even setting vision or setting goals is because whether they didn't get permission as a child to want something or to dream about something or to hope for something, they're still operating in that space now. They're still not giving themselves the permission to want something, to dream for something, to hope for something that's even beyond them. Or even things that are for them, especially in the faith-based world. Sometimes wanting something for ourselves feels so selfish. But it's like God is actually like, I want to give you the desires of your heart. He cares about those things. He cares about the specifics of the things that we like, things we dislike. He cares about those things. So giving yourself permission to want and dream. The third thing is accountability and support. So whether this be friends Uh, that are going after similar things many, many times when we are going after a vision and going after goals, we have to start upgrading the people that we hang around. We have to start shifting the people that are influencing the things that we decide on, the things that we're hoping for. If you find a lot of people that you are one of the biggest fish in your sea, start to search for bigger people. doesn't mean you have to break off all of your friendships, but start to search for people who are going to encourage and help nurture the dreams and the desires that are in your heart. Um, That can even sometimes look like having a coach, having a coach, having somebody who's on your team who can support you. 
the thir- the fourth thing is play having so much fun throughout this process going and moving with the spirit of curiosity the spirit of hope the spirit of life the spirit of love that you actually get to have fun with this and then the fifth thing is action like i said you must move this process requires movement it requires action so i'm going to go back over those six steps and then we're going to wrap this up so the first step again was deciding what you want what you hope for what has the lord spoken to you so this is the greater vision that those questions that i asked in the beginning that came from that book the success principles things like that you can ask yourself other questions there's so many different vision exercises that help you just get things written out that can help you just do that. So step two is writing it out, creating the vision. Step three is identifying what you feel life on now or the thing you want to see happen first. Step four is to focus in on that, to be single-minded and steadfast. Step five is to have a plan, start to break down. What would it look like to see this thing happen over the next 12 months? What would I need to happen in the next six months? What would I need to happen in the next three months? And then step six is faithfulness, actually showing up every single day and just doing some of the things that I ask myself in these, in, in that daily, uh, showing up is what are three to five things that I can do this week to reach this month's goal. And then that's something on a weekly goal. And then on a day to day basis today, how can I move one step closer to that goal? If there's just one thing I can do to move one step closer, what would it be? And then do that thing. So I hope that this is helpful for you guys today. I'm excited to even, uh, some of you guys have been like sharing with me as you've been doing some of these exercises that I talk about in these episodes. Um, send me an email. I love to know what you're going after, what questions you have, all that kinds of stuff. My email is hello at rebeccadanny.co. Okay. You guys have such an amazing day. And next week I'm coming on to talk about the process of stewarding dreams and stewarding, uh, ideas and all of that kinds of stuff. Okay. So I will catch you next week. Hey y'all. Thanks for listening in on today's show. I'd love to further connect with you. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Rebecca Danny on Twitter at the Rebecca Danny and check out my website. Uh, it's www.therdco.com. Thank you again. Feel free to like, share, subscribe, show your girl some love, and I will catch you real soon.